Well, good morning from Buffalo Church of the Nazarene. Hopefully everyone is doing well. I pray that you are. And we ask you to spend a little bit of time with us this morning. Now, by way of announcement, I'd like to announce that I'd like everyone to continue to call us if you have any prayer concerns or prayer requests. Let us know. We can get those in the bulletin and also we can pray for you and pray with you. I want everyone to stay safe and, and, and pay attention to the warnings and we can get through this together. This morning we're going to look in the book of Mark chapter 5, pick up where we left off last week. Mark chapter 5. We're going to read the first 20 verses. It's a familiar story. It's a familiar passage to a lot. But there's still some good truth and some timely truth. He says, They came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one was able to bind him anymore, even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been torn apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces. And no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and the mountains and gnashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other? Jesus, the Son of the Most High God, I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Their herdsmen ran away and reported to the city and the country, and the people came to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down clothed and in his right mind. The very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to him how he had happened to the demon-possessed man and all the swine. And they began to implore him to leave their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had the demon-possessed was imploring him, who had been demon-possessed, was imploring him that he might accompany him or go with him. And he did not let him, but he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord hath done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Now last week, in the sermon, we spoke about Jesus quieting the storm. And by the storm, the text, we were told how that Jesus was able to quiet the physical storm. The same storm that had left seasoned fishermen and seasoned sailors helpless in the middle of the sea. They were unable to stop it. They were unable to do anything about it. They were simply helpless 
and was about to be destroyed by the storm. And from the text, we learn that King Jesus, as we've been talking about through Mark, the kingdom of God, had power over this physical world to change what he needs to change and to calm the storm. But today we're going to learn also that not only does he have power to calm the physical storm, but he can also calm the storm that is in us. So he can calm the storm that we're in, and at the same time he can calm the storm that is in us. You know, this morning we are facing trying times. There's unprecedented uh, uh, things going on that... You know, we, we, I don't know how, if it's ever happened that this church has gone weeks without having service in the church. So these times are uncertain, and it's not something that we've ever faced before. But we know this. Let us put our confidence in Jesus. Because we know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is too kind to ever be cruel. He is too wise to ever make a mistake. And He is too powerful to ever lose control. When we come to this text today, we learn even more of that. You see, Jesus leaves the crowd last week. He gets in a boat and he leaves the crowd and he's sailing across the ocean. The week before last, that means when he left the crowd. And he's heading across the Sea of Galilee and the storm comes up. Now, as we spoke about a couple weeks ago, there was there, there was several reasons that commentators will give why Jesus left that one side of the lake to head to the east side. Some believe he left so that he could get away from the crowd and go rest. Some believe that he, he left so that he could go to the other side and expand his ministry. Yet I believe the reason he left was because he knew this man was there and needed him. He knew this man was waiting on him. He knew what was going on on the other side of that lake. He knew there was somebody that needed deliverance. And Jesus knows where you are. You know, we find there when Jesus first comes on the scene in John and, and how that he, he meets Nathaniel. And in meeting Nathaniel, he knows things about him. And Nathaniel, you know, Nathaniel asks him, How do you know these things? And, and Jesus tells him, said, Don't marvel, Nathaniel. He said, I saw you under the fig tree. Jesus saw this demonic man and his need of deliverance. He sees us in the situations that we are in. And, 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 and He starts to head this, the way to this man. He sees his man. He knows he needs help. And I believe he left with the intention that tomorrow is the day I'm going and delivering the demonic man on the other side of this lake. You know, all of this reminds me of a story. I knew a preacher that knew a preacher that was pastoring a church. And this happened years ago. But he was pastoring a church, and in his church he had a young man that would come every now and then. Now the young man was quite troubled. He had a lot of problems. And, 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 and the young man, he, the pastor had worked with the young man quite a bit. And in working with him, he had tried to help him, and so had other, other people had also. One day, the, the young man, in his troubled state and in his troubled mind, he got to the place where he decided it was the end. He had had enough. He had suffered enough. He wasn't going to do it anymore. He had come to the place where he decided that he was just going to end it all. And this preacher tells how that what he didn't know was the young man, what the young man didn't know, the young man said that the Lord spoke to him and told him, said, before you end it, just call the pastor one last time. Just call and tell him that you're going to end it. And so the young man picked up the phone and dialed the parsonage. Now this is a true story and what, what 
the young man did not know was the pastor had left for vacation. He had left for vacation that Monday morning with his family, and he was traveling. And, and traveling with kids, you know, they always want to stop and use the restroom, and they're always going back and forth. He had stopped at a rest area to use the restroom. And, and a lot of people don't really know what this is anymore, but, but I'm just kidding there. But he, he, as he walked into the rest area, he walked past a payphone, and it began to ring. He said he looked at the payphone and he thought, wow, somebody's calling a rest area. So being the type of fellow he was anyhow, he picked up the phone and he answered it. He said, hello. And the young man said, pastor. And he realized the voice immediately. And he said he almost threw the phone down. Scared him to death that that young man was on the other line, on the other end of that phone. He said, but he told him, he said, pastor, he said, I'm calling you because I'm ending it all. And the pastor said, hold up before you do anything. Let me explain something to you. And he told him, he said, I'm two states away at a rest area. And you just now called the payphone." Now the boy didn't get saved right then, but it, it was enough to shock him into not hurting himself. Jesus knows where we are. We're not beyond His reach. And He saw this man on the other side of that Sea of Galilee. And he knew where he was. He knew where he was. I know sometimes I dramatize things in my own mind, but I can't help but to think when he stepped out on the deck of that ship and he quieted the storm, I can't help but to think as the waves died down and the winds quit blowing and that cool, calm still of the quieted storm from last week, I can't help but to think that Jesus looked out into the night and he said, I'm coming. I'm on my way. Hang in there. Now, aren't we glad that God's love draws him to us? Aren't we glad that Jesus left the 99 on the other side of the lake? Because he saw one man that needed his help. He left the 99 so that he could get to the other side to that one man. Now, I like to think that somebody was praying for that demonic man. I don't know if that's the case or not. But I'd like to think that somebody was praying, a mom or a dad, holding on to God, and Jesus saw them there on their knees as He crossed that lake. He knew where He was, and He was heading that way. Just like Jesus knows the needs that we have, He not only knew where the demonic man was, but he knew what it needed to be done. Now I know yesterday I spoke a little bit about grace and prevenient grace. And how that the man, it was by grace that Jesus goes over there to the other side to, to, to help the demonic man. And it was simply grace that allowed the man to run up and drop on his knees in front of Jesus. As I said yesterday, you, I know if the demons had their choice, they would have ran the man off of the cliff like they do the pigs. But instead, they had no choice. Grace allowed that man to run toward Jesus. Grace made the difference. And I love how the man just fell down before Jesus. He never said a word. The demon spoke, but the man never spoke a word. He just fell down before Jesus. And grace made up the difference. That unmerited love that, 
For the life of me, I cannot understand. I love theology. I love doctrine. I love everything about it. I study it all the time. I, I absolutely love God's Word. But grace is something that I cannot wrap my head around. I love it. Boy, I sure do enjoy it. I love the experience of it. But why would God, for no reason in the world, love me? I don't understand it. But that's what makes up the difference. And as that poor demonic falls on his knees before Jesus, he ends up in a spot that we've all been in. I've been there. I've been so defeated and confused and, and, and just so beaten that all I could do was fall down before Jesus. Put one foot in front of the other, if you will. All I could do was get before Jesus and say, Oh Lord, here am I. Oh Lord, here am I. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't even know if I want to pray. I am so confused and defeated and beat up that I have no idea. All I know is, is by the grace of God and by the beckoning of the Holy Spirit, I'm sitting down here before you saying, here I am. Here I am. And that's when grace steps in. Grace steps in. It stepped in when this man fell before Jesus. He never said a word himself. And it's the same thing with us. Grace will step in and begin to help us pray. I've had it happen. I've got down before God and had no idea what to say. Didn't really know how I felt. Like I said, so beat up and, 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 and broken. So defeated and confused that I had no idea. But as grace stepped in and the Holy Spirit stepped in and I, and I was able to maybe start to pray and tell God, I have no idea what's going on, but I know what I want to go on. I have no idea where I stand with you, but I know where I want to stand with you. I have no idea how to get to that sunshine once again, but God, I want to be in that sunshine. The Holy Spirit began to guide and direct. And I began to pray and confess out. I began to let the Lord know my, my innermost secrets as He already knew, but I was letting myself know. And by the time I got done, I left there recharged. Happy, full of God, absolutely basking in His glory because I let grace step in and feel the difference. And that's what the man did here. He simply fell before Jesus. He didn't have anything to say. His sin had overtaken him. Now look, when I say sin, it wasn't his sin. I shouldn't have said it that way. He was under bondage. He was under bondage. And all he could do was fall before the Lord. So not only does Jesus know where we are, not only does He know our needs, but Jesus comes to bring deliverance. Jesus comes to bring deliverance. This man, he, he, they had tried everything they knew to try to help him. They had bound him so he couldn't hurt himself. He broke the chains. He was tormented and tortured day and night. He hurt himself. He cried out in anger. He was in agony. They cast him out of the city. They bound him, but he broke them. He was absolutely beyond all hope. 
He was absolutely beyond all hope. People had given up on him. Just like many today we see today, we've, we see a lot today, don't we, that's walking our streets, riding bicycles, uh, what have you, that they're beyond hope. I mean, in our way of thinking, in our minds, they're beyond hope. Humanly, they don't want anything to do with God. They don't want to do any better. All they want to do is bad. All they want to do is evil. Well, I'm here to tell you that's all of us want to do. Everybody that hears this, that's all they want to do, less the grace of God. It is only God's grace that gives us a desire to serve God. It is only God's grace that gives us the ability to serve God. It is only God's grace that we're not all just absolutely terrible, awful, despicable human beings. That's how this man was. But Jesus came to be a deliverer. He came to bring deliverance. And if we'll remember that when we're praying for our lost loved ones, when we're praying for those in our community that are beyond hope in our minds and realize that hope is possible, deliverance is possible. This man, they had exhausted all means and he was beyond them. What they did not realize is deliverance is not from within. Now see, if a person doesn't want help, that's okay. That's okay. Now I'm not saying it's okay in the way that they're going to be a good person anyhow. But what I mean is, is deliverance is from without, not from within. We don't want our loved ones to reform themselves into good people. We want them to be saved. We don't want our community members to, to, to reform themselves from within. We want them to be saved. And even though they, we look at many and we say they are beyond hope, they don't even want God. Pray for them. Pray for them. Seek God. Agonize before God for their souls. He can come to them. He will come to them. Grace will make up the difference. Grace will make up the difference. You know, every time I think of somebody that's hopeless, I think of a preacher friend of mine. Now this was a few years back when he was young. But he was uh, quite the character when he was a young man. He was a drug addict, alcoholic, knew little to nothing about God. Didn't want anything to do with God. And there was a man by the name of Brother Anderson. He's dead and gone now. He was preaching a revival in this man's town. And when he was preaching that revival, a couple young girls got saved. And then a couple boys got saved. And pretty soon, this fellow that I know, he, he, his circle of friends started getting saved. Those girls that got saved didn't want to run around with him anymore. They didn't want to run around and drink with him and, and, and party and carry on. And it got under his skin. So he decided one day that he would just go to church and whoop the preacher. He said that he remembers telling himself, he said he had a mohawk and he's about half drunk and he was an alcoholic. And he said he told his buddy, he said, uh, I'll go down and whoop that preacher. He said he can't be much. He's a preacher. Can't be much. I have to be able to whoop him. It's not going to be an issue at all. And so he headed down to church. He said as soon as he got there, he walked through the door, he was just a minute late. 
He said, a great big man. He said, big man. He said, grabbed him by the hand. He said, just about broke his hand. Hugged him. Told him he loved him. Told him he tickled he was there. Holding his Bible up in his arm. And he said, I walked through the door and the preacher was already on the platform. And he said, well, I'll just sit down here in the back pew and wait until church is over and then I'll whoop him. But grace made up the difference. He said, by the time that man got done preaching, he said, my heart was broken. I was under such conviction I didn't know what to do but go to the altar. And he said, I went to the altar and fell on my knees and asked Jesus to forgive me. Now the preacher, Brother Anderson, ended up being his father-in-law. He ends up marrying the preacher's daughter. But what happened there? Grace made up the difference. A hopeless person that had no desire for God whatsoever walked in that church. And a redeemed child of God walked out. Because when Jesus comes, He brings deliverance. And He wants to bring deliverance to our loved ones. He wants to bring deliverance to us. He wants to bring deliverance in your life and in your loved one's life. And so if there's something that you are facing today, something you are facing, now we're all facing this virus and, and these restrictions and the fear, and, and, and that's one thing, but if there's something else you're facing, maybe you have a lost loved one, maybe you have somebody in your life that's just hopelessly addicted Yes, they need to get help. I'm not talking. I'm not saying that we don't need uh, counseling and 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 uh, addiction help. But I am saying this: Jesus knows where you are. Jesus knows where you are. Jesus knows the need you have, and Jesus wants to bring deliverance to you. Stay prayerful. Stay on our knees. Stay in a place. You know, I love how this verse right here closes. When the people come, they find the man clothed and in his right mind. He was different than he was. When Jesus brings deliverance, you're different. You're changed. You're different. You're, you're clothed and in your right mind. That's what he brought to this man. And that's what he wants to bring to your loved ones. That's what he brings to us. Sometimes we get out of our right mind, if you will. We get bogged down with worries and concerns and troubles, fears. But if we'll get before Him and get on our knees and just say, Lord, I know what I want. I want peace of mind. I want comfort. I want strength. I need these, oh God. Help me. Then He will. He will. He will bring that deliverance. Grace makes up the difference. When there's no human way, there's grace. There's love from an Almighty God, from an absolute powerful Savior. There's love from someone that wants to bring deliverance, that knows where you are just like this man. Jesus knew where He was. He dropped everything, if you will, Jesus did, to go save this man. And He'll do the same to you. Like I've said before, God bankrupt heaven. He gave everything He had to give for you. He's not going to give up on you now. So I hope that all stay prayerful. We all stay in God's Word. We get through this together. And we come out the other side stronger than we have been. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. We pray that You'd ever stay upon our minds, that You'd keep Your Word close to our hearts. 
Help us, oh God, to lean on you, to look at you, to realize, dear God, that, that you know where we are. You love us, oh God, that you know what we need and you bring deliverance in time. Help us to continue to lean on you. Be with those that are sick, dear God, and ever bless us. Keep us well. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance. Be with those that are hurting, dear God, and we'll forever praise your holy and righteous name. Amen.